episode 26 with Michael Chandler. In today's episode, I had the privilege of sitting down with Mike and discussing an array of topics that I think all of us can learn a little bit from. We talk about how he lives his life to the fullest every day. He tells us about the time when he walked onto the Missouri wrestling team and eventually earned a starting job. He tells us what wrestling means to him and why it's such a character building sport. I was curious to know as somebody that was a MMA Bellator champion and then had been defeated as the champion, what it's like and how he bounces back when he's really under pressure and when things don't go the way that he, he had anticipated. And he had a lot of great insight into how he deals with triumph and defeat. One thing that I admire afar from Mike is that he's super vulnerable, he's raw, and he's authentic, and he's a really genuinely good person. And I was curious if he's always been that way or if that's something that he cultivated over the years. And something else that I was extremely intrigued to find out is how does he balance such a demanding career with life outside of MMA with his family and his wife and his son? And he had a lot of great insight into that. Um, A couple other things that we talked about were how he strives to be successful and how success is greater than perfection. And he describes this in more detail, and I think it's something that we can all literally relate to and really use in our daily lives. We talk about the pressures that we put on ourselves and how we compare ourselves to everybody, especially with you know social media these days in 2019. And he talks about his biggest idol. And finally, I wanted to know what is one word that he hopes people remember him as or one word that he describes himself as. And I think it's uh, it aligns very well with who he is as a person. So without further ado, my man, Mike Chandler. Mike, what's going on, brother? Living the dream, man. Living the dream. I love it. Thank you for coming on, man. I I know our mutual friend, Brittany, I've been trying to get you on uh, for a while, and I'm glad that we finally got it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I want to jump right into it. So the forward clothing mantra is all about pushing forward and, and doing more to live life to the fullest. How do you do more to live life to the fullest every day? Um, you know, I think for me, cause I get this question a lot, you know, my, my whole life right now is, you know, fighting mixed martial arts uh, mm-hmm. before that it was wrestling and the amount of people that I get reaching out to me, man, I wish I had that kind of motivation. I wish I had, I wish I was that, that excited about life or that. I wish I could go that hard. You know, how do you stay motivated? How do you, how do you keep pushing forward in the face of adversity? And like, all of those kind of questions in that kind of vein. And for me, the answer for me is always simple. I've been, if you look at the hurting in the world, if you look at the hindrances in the world, and then you take a look at yourself in the mirror and you wake up every single morning blessed, and I know I got two capable arms and two capable legs to be able to go out and do some amazing things in front of millions of people to inspire and motivate others to live their best life, then really giving anything less than my best every single day is to sacrifice those gifts that God has given me. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that it's always, it's always been like that. And I don't know... I can't exactly say that it's something that I, that I, I've cultivated over the years, obviously, but it's always been something that was instilled in me from a young age. My, you know, my parents pulled themselves up by their bootstraps, worked two and three jobs to make, make sure me and my two brothers had every opportunity to go out and do something great in the world. And since then, I've just had this extreme sense of gratitude for them and then the place, you know, the positions that God has put me in. And truthfully, that I, I look at my life as if I don't have any limits. Right. And with that... I'm constantly pushing those limits, and I fall flat on my face often, you know. And, <laughs> we all do. You know, we literally do. And, yeah. and figuratively, and and fortunately and unfortunately for me, it happens in front of millions of people when I lose a fight and that kind of stuff. But right. But that's what God put us on this earth for, to push ourselves to the limit, you know. One word that really stuck out to me there is the gratitude mm-hmm. aspect. And you seem like <clears throat> someone that I've always kind of watching from afar. You're very grateful for a lot of the things that you have. Yeah. It, plain and simple, two arms and two legs, right? Mm -hmm. Um, How do you stay so grateful all the time? I think it's, well, I think it's always, I'm always constantly pushing myself for the next challenge, but always continually looking back at how far I've come. And I think that's one of the hardest things. In this, you know, 2019 social media, get rich quick, five minutes of fame, (laughs) you know, get rich quick on Vine, you know, world that we live in, we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people on social media or other people on the next podcast you're listening to or other people on TV. And really, I'm tr- I have done this and I've fallen victim to that and I've fallen into that trap. And when you do, you become very, very self, 
very, very self-absorbed. Um, mm -hmm. Even though you're focusing on other people and what they're doing, it all has to do with how you're feeling about yourself inside. Kind of like an ego type. Exactly. Yeah. When, when really, especially the second half of my career, as I've realized there's ups and downs and there's wins and losses and nobody's perfect in this sport, I have to just con control what I can control and continue to compare myself to my previous self. This next fight, I'm not trying to fight like this fighter or fight like that boxer or fight like this person. I need to fight like the a better version of Michael Chandler mm -hmm. than I was last time I stepped in the cage. And that's and that goes with any vocation, whether you're a businessman, a businesswoman, a teacher, a doctor, a lawyer, whatever. This your next podcast should be try, you try, should try to ask better questions and more in depth questions and right. try to dig deeper than you did in this one, right? Because we're just constantly comparing ourselves to our previous self and trying to become our best self. And I think as you're doing that you realize how far you've come, right? Um, and that's what I've kind of always, not always done. Like I've said, I've had lows in my life where I've just, you get self-absorbed and you compare yourself to other people rather than just realizing, man, I am so blessed to be able to do what I do with these, with this capable body, this right. well-capable body. At the body. level that you do it at. Yes, yeah. at the level that I do it at in a free country that we have all these liberties and all these abilities. And I woke up this morning with a beautiful wife and an amazing son and what the heck do I have to complain about, right? <laughs> yet, Amen, man. Yet, you, yet it is very easy to just scroll through your phone and read your emails and uh -huh. realize you have so much stuff to do and do and do and do. But really, if we could focus on who you be, then the do becomes a lot easier. Fulfilling. Yeah, that's, that's such a great point. I think something I've implemented a lot more and more so recently because of something that has happened to me, I wake up every day and it's an intentional prayer just saying mm -hmm. thank you for for allowing me to be alive again for another day. Yeah. Um, and I think the more intentional we are about those type of things, the little things in life that mean a lot, um, I think the better we can, maybe not better, but the the easier we can get to being more grateful mm -hmm. to your points. Yeah, well, and, and, and to take that another step. So obviously when you do that, you're opening up your heart to have that attitude of gratitude to be able to, right. to be able to, you know, not not to go into like you know the secret, but like what people talk about, what you dwell on and what you think about, that stuff will come to you, and that's and I do truly believe that in, in certain senses. But the more you can open up your heart to just say saying God, thank you so much for this right. this life, that sun, this this bed that I'm <laughs> this sleeping table. in, this table, <laughs> right? You know, it's like it sounds so primitive, it sounds so minute and so small, but that our brains were hardwired like that, our hearts were hardwired like right. that. We we were designed to to open our hearts to that kind of gratitude. And then whenever you are doing the small things and you are diligent in the small things, then and only then can you be trusted with the big things in life. And then and only then can you trust yourself to go out and do great things. I mean, things as simple as as making sure you have four or five things that you, you can do every single day that are small, that are minute, that are acts of discipline. You know, if you can't trust yourself to do the small things in life, how are you going to be able to trust yourself to take this this, this brand and this clothing line to the next level? Right. How are you going to go worldwide when you can't even control what is going on in your mind, control what's going on inside your household yeah, when you're waking up point, every single morning? And, and I did that for these, you know, we were talking before before we started rolling here. These last two years have been the most challenging two years of my life. I did, did more and had more life changes in these last two years than a lot of people do in 10 years. Right. And... The whole time, everybody kept saying, Michael, are you sure you can handle this? That's a lot of stuff. You got this, you got this. And I always said, no, no, I got it. I'm good. And for the most part, I think I handled it with grace. But, and I handled it well, and I'm a better man because of it. But in the muck, in the in the trenches of it, I was focusing on the big things. I wanted to have this big, massive gym and this wildly success, wildly successful business and being the best father and the best husband right. and the best fighter. Huge personal world. brand. These huge personal, these huge personal things and worldwide things, yet... I had a, you know, yet I I had a pile of clothes in my corner. Right? <laughs> I had a stack of Amazon boxes that I haven't taken to the recycling. Right. Yet I was, you know, I was skipping skipping workouts to focus on business. I was skipping this, or I was, you know, with my son, but I wasn't really with my son because I had emails and I had these these things to check. I had these little bitty these little bitty things that are that should be non negotiable in my life that were adding up to me. Every time I walked through the garage, I looked at that stack of boxes and said, Michael, you're a failure, right? All right, yeah. Every time, every time I didn't do what I said I was going to do, dang it, Michael, look, you're, you failed again. You, you aren't being intentional with your wife anymore the way you love her. You're not being, in, you're not being present with your son. These, mm -hmm. these things that, 
that slowly eat away at your self-esteem and your self-image because you're constantly being reminded how big of a failure you are, right? So, so to your point, waking up every morning with gratitude and also doing the little things that right. you know you can check off because it doesn't matter if it's, you know, the simplest of things, checking it off the list of things to do makes you feel like you won the day, right? And, and you, you know what kind of, what you just remind me of with that whole, that whole story there is that, I don't know if he was an admiral or whatever, but he talks about like a good day starts with making your bed. Yeah. It's the little things. Mm-hmm. And that sets you up on the course for, and I, I, I admit I, I fail at that sometimes. I don't get up and make my bed every day. But no, yeah. when I do, that's the first thing that I think about. Like mm-hmm. I'm, on the, I'm on the right path mm-hmm. today to have a successful day. Yeah. Um, but I want to get back to, you know, opening up yourself. Uh, like you know, said, open up to the love for, for, for everything. Um, I'm going to get back to that here in a little bit. But I want to kind of go back to, you're from Missouri, mm-hmm. you walked onto the wrestling team at the University of Missouri, mm-hmm. and then you earned a starting job. Yeah. I wrestled grade school, high school, football eventually kind of took over more for me, um, but my dad was a high school, college wrestler, and he was huge on wrestling. You know, nice. we, him and I could talk for days about it, I'm sure you and him could talk for days yeah. about it. But I'm curious, what, what does wrestling mean to you, and why is it such a character-building sport? You know, I think it's... Overall, it's just, it's the hardest sport. You know, it's, it's overall, overall, it's, you have to be, you have to work the hardest to be even mildly successful. Mm -hmm. You have to be the most disciplined, more disciplined than any other sport to be even mildly successful. You get no credit for it whatsoever because it's, it's wrestling. It's not a revenue producing sport. Right. You know, we're, we're wrestling at, it's my junior year or sophomore year, Mizzou football is ranked number one in the country and they're, they're bringing in millions of dollars and. And they're packing their stadium with forty, sixty thousand people. Meanwhile, right. meanwhile, the Mizzou wrestling team we're ranked top, top three in the country, and we're wrestling against, we're wrestling against Oklahoma State at Mizzou, and there's like 17, <laughs> 17 people in the stands, right? You know, so and it, not, not really. There was, there was more than that, but it's just, it's, it's such a blue collar sport where there's not a lot of credit, there's not a lot of glitz, not a lot of glam, not a lot yeah. of cameras. Um, so it's all for the pride of working extremely hard, not to mention the fact that you go out into a wrestling match, you put on your, you put on your, your singlet and your anklet, your an- and, and you got your coaches in the corner, but it's you versus that other yeah, guy. Yeah, it's green versus red. Yeah, it's green versus red, you know, and you're either going to win or you're going to lose, and if you win, good for you. If you lose, it's, it's on you, yeah, you know? Yeah, it's and, a little humi- humiliating, too. It yeah. is. It's, it's constantly, hum- you know, it's constantly humiliating, so I think what the sport means to me is so much more than the actual sport of it. You know, when I go out there and, and win a fight, I know it's because of my wrestling background. When I lose a fight, I also know that I can continue to move forward because of, of my wrestling background. Right. You get, I don't want to say you get used to losing, but you get used to realizing that failure is all part of being successful. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in no other sport is it true you know, the, the most famous quote, I, I, I am successful because I have failed so many times, or I failed so many times, right. therefore I am successful. It's like successful, the MJ. Right? It's like oh, yeah. Michael, Michael Jordan, right? There is no sport that exemplifies or portrays that more than the sport of wrestling. And, uh, you know, it's just hardening your heart to, to competition and, and realizing that you're going to win, you're going to lose, and you have to push yourself harder than the next guy if you want to be successful. And that's, that's why I knew when I made the transition from wrestling two mixed martial arts, I knew I was going to be at least averagely successful because mm-hmm. I knew I was going to step into the cage against guy, a guy that has had not put the work in like I did the last 12 years of my life. Right. right? Um, and not so, even physically, but mentally. Yeah, physically, yeah. mentally. And then even the other aspects, the cutting weight, you know, right. and knowing how to do that well and, and knowing how to knowing how to push through pain. You know, I know how to push through pain because of the sport of wrestling, not because of mixed martial arts, you know, and, and – uh, so just having the discipline, living a diff- disciplined lifestyle while while all these other guys are kind of, you know, living living with mediocre amounts of discipline to be able to get mm-hmm. to their fight, I do everything right and leave no stone unturned because I've had to practice that discipline muscle 10 million times before in wrestling, right. you know? Well, I think it goes back to your point before about doing the little things, yeah. right? Like, you've done that consistently, and that's why you're successful at what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Well, and, that, and that's what's really been challenging me in this phase of my life. I'm going through, I actually hired a mindset coach, and we're going through a kind of a 12-week um, kind of program where I'm really just getting back to defining myself. Yeah. You know, he's not teaching me anything. This isn't motivational quotes, and this isn't motivation and inspiration. Mm-hmm. It's who is Michael Chandler at his, at his core. In my greatest moment of opportunity or at my darkest hour, 
am I enough? Trying to redefine myself, look into myself, a self a self-reflection to try to, to figure out who I am as a person and as a man. And, and that's been one of the things that has been bothering me and eating away at my self-image so much lately is I focus so much on the big things that I was doing, letting the little things fall by the wayside, letting the little relationships fall by the wayside, right. letting, letting the little bitty tasks fall by the wayside. And that eventually eats at your self-image. I mean, a soldier making his bed every morning doesn't make him shoot a rifle straighter or, or, right. or fight the enemy better. But in that greatest moment of opportunity or darkest hour, he knows he has done the, the small things that lead up to those big opportunities. Yeah. Something that you just said there, you know, I, I recently just got out of a relationship and building a business, as you know, is very tough mm-hmm. and it requires a lot of time. And something that I've had to do recently is really self-reflect and look in the mirror and say, what are your core values? What's important to you? Mm-hmm. And through this experience, I've realigned my relationship with, with my faith through mm-hmm. God and I've, I've realized that I didn't start this business to make it wildly financially successful. Do I want that? Sure, I want to make it as financially successful as possible. But I did it to impact others in a positive way mm-hmm. through a cool avenue. Yeah. And I also did it because I knew it would allow me the freedom to spend time with the people that I love, whether it's a girlfriend, a wife, a, you know, friends, family. How do we, and I think for me, I was guilty of it, by putting a lot of pressure on myself to prove to others that it was going to be successful instead of just doing it out of the fulfillment of this is something that I love. How do we, you know, I know you said you have your your mindset coach now, but how do we train our mind to appreciate the small things and the small accomplishments, right? Like I've been at it now for three and a half years and sometimes I'm like, man, I'm no more, I'm no more closer than I was a year ago, but really I'm a lot closer. Yeah. Well, I think, well, I think that's kind of human nature, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if, the, if it was like this 100 years ago or if it's this new generation and, and the, the world that we live in. Um, obviously, the world that we live in, it's much easier to build your business now than it was maybe 100 years ago. Right. But there's also a lot of things that go with it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of, there's a a lot lot. of negativity. There's a lot of, of things that are going to be stumbling block, blocks for you to be able to get to the next level. But I think I... I live my life focusing on success, not perfection, because that happened to me a lot, an absolute lot. I mean, I, I, I went that. from, I went from, you know, relatively nobody, a relative nobody, a wrestler who got into the sport, to a year, eighteen months later, twenty months later, fighting for the world title, winning the world title, being the top three guy in the world. Now all of a sudden, I, I couldn't just be successful; I had to be perfect. Right. Michael Chandler was in the headlines as maybe the, you know. They called me the new kid on the block. Right. And I was coming in, and, and they're talking about me fighting the UFC champion the, the next year and doing this and doing that, and we think he's the future, he's this, he's that. And that didn't – I'm thankful that, that that didn't build me up ego-wise because I could get to a lot of guys' heads. I still stayed humble, but what I did in my humility was, okay, well, I know God put me on this on this earth and in this sport to make a huge impact. Now i got to be perfect. Right. Now that, mean, that, now that meant every single – rep every single set set every single day needed to be perfect or I was a failure you see you see how there's like another another trend we're going yeah. back to this mm-hmm. you're a failure thing right every single sparring session I was in whether I was in there with a world champion who I who I knew could beat me or we were getting getting some good goes in or I was going with you know the guy who just came off the street and was right. not supposed to beat me at all all of a sudden he lands a punch and I feel like I lost the whole round you start to you start to put all this pressure on yourself when really this thing is a marathon and it's not a sprint. And, and really, it's not that people don't do the right things. It's that they don't do the right things for long enough. Right. Right. So how do you how do you know when it's supposed to be your breakthrough year? Mm-hmm. So it's been you've been th- at it for three years, but maybe it's the fourth year that you're supposed to break in. Maybe it's the third year that you're supposed to break in. But so many people quit right before they're about to hit that breakthrough. Right. Right. So that's always been kind of my mantra over these last five years, ever since I went through, you know, I tried to be perfect and realized I was, I was, the not being perfect was, was eating at my self-image. I lost three fights in a row and I had to build myself back up. Right. And, uh, kind of preventing you from being successful. Yeah, it absolutely, it absolutely was. Yeah. And when, when you're focusing on being perfect, you really can't be successful. There's mm-hmm. no, there's no, there's no neuron firing in your brain that will ever say good job if you didn't yeah. do it perfectly. Right. And I think and that's, it's, it's so hard. Yeah. To, to not want to be perfect, True. especially for someone like you and I who are athletes and, and competitors, mm-hmm. you know, you obviously at, a, at the highest level. Um, 
I think it's just inherent in, in, in guys like us. Well, and, and people also, too, people also take pride in it. You know, yeah. like, I want to be perfect. Or, oh, I, I got to do it like this because I have OCD. Or almost like people, almost like people say it's a, it's a good thing to do things absolutely perfect. And they have, they, you know, because I just got done saying I left no stone unturned in my preparation. And I want to do things right. And I want to be disciplined. But, of course, it wasn't absolutely perfect. But there's a, there's a relative perfect that we can hit. There's For a, sure. There's a relative amount. Absolutely. Of, you know, and if you can live your life inside that relative, relative amount of perfection, it, or at least... Knowing that the, knowing that the intention of your heart was trying to be perfect, mm-hmm. you might you're going to do things wrong. You yeah, do you're human. Every single day with your business, absolutely. But if your heart was in the right place and you thought it was, at least you took a, at least you took a shot at it, right? Yeah, and, no, I love that. And then there's going to be people who say, "Oh, what a what a dummy! Like, yeah. why, why did he do that?" And then then you, but but then on the flip side, they're also probably the people that are sitting on the sidelines who are afraid to to, to, to jump, take the risk, jump yeah. into the things that they want to do in life and. So that's the perpetual motion. That's the perpetual kind of rat race that we live in yeah. in 2019, and and then you have your internal rat race going on. You have your your fam- the, the the race going on inside of your family, and it's just trying to get it all figured out is it's just absolutely impossible. Man. I think that's what's what you this have guy, to do. This guy too. drops knowledge all the time. Well, I just I, I just it. think well, I just think I've been through it so many times yeah. now, and now it's now it's become a pattern where I'm just like I go through the the ups and the downs, and I notice when I'm most unhappy with myself or most and I'm being the most unsuccessful, it's when I'm trying to be the most perfect. When really, if you just throw caution under the wind a little bit and just be thankful that you have another day and you just look yeah. at your life like like you have, that you're living an amazing journey from now until you die, whenever that is, then you're going to be much more successful, much more fulfilled, and you're going to be able to make much more of an impact, which that's exactly what you want to do with your life. That's exactly mm-hmm. what I want to do with my life. And stop focusing so much on myself and trying to be perfect so I can just be an, an, an authentic, flawed individual who has something to offer to the world. I love that. So. You are, man. Uh, I, uh, from, just from watching you from afar, I, I love all the content you put out. And something that I admire about you is that you're very raw, you're very vulnerable. And you kind of hit on it a little bit earlier. Have you always been that way? And would you say that's like one of your greatest gifts or is that something that you've kind of trained yourself? As far as being vulnerable or not being, just trying to be authentic. Being very open. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like in May you lost your last fight. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that that was a super tough thing to go through, Mm -hmm. but you're here now you're bouncing back. You're, 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 you're busting your ass. And have you always had that about you or is it from the experiences that you've had that have taught you to be that way? I think, from the experiences too, because when I lost my first fight, I, I crawled into a hole. You know, I yeah. crawled into a hole. That fight was up for fight of the year. Got invited, you know, um, got invited to the MMA awards. They wanted to celebrate how great of a fight it was, and I, my self image slash self worth said, "You don't deserve to be in the public eye. You lost this fight. You're a loser. You're this." And it and it was so interesting because I was such a positive person. Right. I I knew that. God put me on this earth to do great things and I am a, a blessed individual and I and I love myself and I loved myself at the time but I, the self-sabotaging nature of trying to be perfect was what put me took made me unsuccessful and pushed me down into that spiral right um, but as far as being open I, I mean I think that's one of the it's one of the things about me is is man I'm just a, a kid from High Ridge Missouri you know right. I'm just a, a carpet the son of a carpenter and the son of a secretary just a just a kid who honestly wasn't supposed to be here you know like I I was taught by my surroundings and by people around me and the people that I saw the the adults in my life everyone was trying to play it safe I come, coming from an area everyone was trying to play it safe um leaving you know leaving this county leaving leaving the get, going across those county lines meant that there was a lot of uncertainty out there right and, and I mean even me walking onto the University of Missouri there was every single person told me don't do it you know every single person said well this this smaller school or this D three school or NAIA school these guys are offering you scholarships why don't you go there and and I said and I just said there was something in my heart that said if I'm going to wrestle I have to wrestle at the highest level because I would much rather go there and fall flat on my face than go win a national title somewhere else and right. then wonder what would have happened if I would have walked onto the Missouri wrestling team I mean I my coach put me with like the my coach put me with uh, a roommate that he wasn't sure was going to make it you know he. Kind of no put you down the path. I, he didn't talk to me for about a year. Like for for literally for the first year, I didn't make didn't make one, have one conversation with Coach Smith. 
he was our head coach. You know, I was just the guy. I had, to, I had to work hard for it, and I had to get had to get after it. And I think a, it took me a while to continue to build up that self image because I was just a small guy from a small town who wasn't supposed to be there. Right. And I think we can all relate to that. You know, you feel like an imposter. You're walking into a place, and and you're like, I don't I don't deserve to be here. I don't this this so is many what I, so this many is times what I man. want. This is what I want. And this is what my heart desires. Yet. I don't feel comfortable being where I'm at right now, you know, and, and we, and I, there's times that I do that now currently still, right? And you have to just continually, continually believe and visualize yourself being that wildly successful person. And, and really, like I said, I'm just a small, I was just a small guy from a small town who was, who isn't supposed to be where I'm at, right? Yeah. If, if, if my parents or if the people around me and my coaches, if they had it their way, I would have been, I would have played it safe and I'd probably be, you know, Working back home. Changing tires at Dobbs Tires back yeah. in High Ridge, Missouri, right? So every single day is a blessing. Every single opportunity I have now is exponentially light years ahead of where I, where I would have been. So therefore, I'm a success no matter what. And I, and I, and I don't say that in a cocky manner. I just say I'm, I, I know I'm a success no matter what because I look at myself right. like I'm going to be successful and not be perfect. Well, you're confident, and I love that. And, but you're also extremely humble, and that's something that's very admirable as well. And listening to you describe that whole story, I just couldn't stop thinking about Rudy. Yeah, right. I mean, it's one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. I literally could text my dad and he'd be like, I'd be like, hey, I'm watching my favorite movie. He'd be like, Rudy? Mm-hmm. And it's just because it's that same mentality, man, like the, the underdog. Yeah. Um, and it just shows that hard work can take you a long way. Yeah. Something else that I wanted to go back to, are you familiar with Gary Vee? Yeah. He always talks about patience. Yeah. And, you know, you talked about the long term. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of been my word this year is patience, mm-hmm. really staying patient. When you lose a fight, how do you, because obviously I know you got to go through kind of, I'll say the grieving process a little bit, mm-hmm. but the bounce back period. How do you stay patient knowing that you're hungry to get back out there to get that W? Well, that, yeah, that's, that's the hardest thing. I think the difference between mixed martial arts or say, wrestling or or any other sport or even if you if you liken it to business if you lose a business deal or you bomb a proposal and and you thought it was going to work and it didn't work it's only a matter of time maybe another week or two weeks till you can pitch somebody else and try to get that you know get get a another big account or get get that next breakthrough wrestling if you lost a wrestling match on Wednesday most likely you'd be able to get it back or get get back in the win column by Friday or Saturday or mm-hmm. the following Wednesday at the most right. when you lose a fight most of the time you're not getting to get back into that cage six. for four to six to eight months, you yeah. know, and that's what happened. So all you have is time, right? All you have is the time to, to let the negativity stew, to let the self doubt <laughs> stew, to read the headlines, to read the message boards, to read the comments, to read all of that stuff that you were a failure, you were a loser, you were a ha ha ha, you know I mean? Right. We, we live in a ruthless world these days. So for me, it's getting right now I know I've made the mistake of crawling into the hole, the, the crawl into the hole of I don't deserve to be seen in the public eye. When really, my gosh, I was, I was top three in the entire world, had beat the top, you know, the number three guy in the entire world. Right. I was, you were the man. I was, I was the man. Like, yeah. and I still was the man. That's that's the thing is losing a fight didn't change how hard I punched, didn't change my cardio, didn't change my skills, didn't change my ability to fight. The only thing that it changed was my mental image of myself, my self image of myself which is the most important aspect of mixed martial arts, of, of relationships, of right. business. And so for me, getting into the public eye right away, trying to get a, I used to, I used to say, I used to get, I used to block interviews after fights. Now I would, if I lose a, when I lost that fight on Saturday, I got into, I got into an, an interview that following week. Yeah. Video. Well, so didn't, audio. You, didn't you put a, uh, you put a pretty solid Instagram post out, like literally, Five days after, four yeah. days after. Yeah, and that's and I love that. Yeah, it, well, and it's but it, and it but it wasn't about hey guys, we'll get them next time. Right? It's, no, it's, yeah. But it's more it's more like hey, look at me, I failed. Right. Big deal. Like I think that's I think that's the problem. People are so afraid of failure that they never begin in the first place, mm-hmm. and and that's the problem with mankind, and that's especially the problem in in the realm of men being men and men being leaders and men stepping up to have a battle to fight, to have an adventure to have and to have a beauty to win. If we, we are so afraid to get into the fight, we are so afraid to put ourselves out there. We're so afraid to take that leadership role that we, that has been bestowed upon us. God designed our heart to be leaders and be, be shakers and movers and be people that we're going to go out and do great things. Yet most of us are sitting on the sidelines Mm -hmm. and 
I love that I that I chose a sport that man when I win it's awesome but when I lose it's it's bad yeah it's not it's not just bad emotionally but sometimes it's bad physically I got punched in the head dropped punched in the back of the head more and more and you know I'm taking taking damage to the head I got right. scars I got I got the scars to show I got I'm taking the physical damage so people can see the physical manifestation right. of what yeah, a loss yeah. looks like absolutely but thrusting yourself back into the public eye th- looking at my wife and saying and and smiling it off and truly meaning that this does not matter that I lost you know looking at my coaches and my closest of kin and getting in the interview it's such a refreshing thing because it opens the, the door and opens people's minds and opens people's hearts and gives them permission to react and respond to a loss like I did and say it's no big deal because yeah, it really isn't I mean of course there's some losses out there that you don't want to take right? right but the ones that will last the rest of your life but most of the time they're little blips on the radar yeah and I'll admit man loss is such a huge fear of mine like I hate losing Mm -hmm. I've always hated it ever since I was a little kid in peewee wrestling or football man when we lost I was pissed yeah and it's just stayed with me but I think the more that I do these podcasts and the more that I continue to grow my business and and really self-reflect I learn that like hey like that's part of the game Mm -hmm. you know whatever game you're playing and uh I love to hear that that you putting yourself back out there is basically kind of a way like, hey, you know, I failed, but I can do it again. It's actually the ultimate flex. Yeah, it, it really, yeah. it really is, and that's and that's and that I I've never really looked at it like that until you kind of said it. But I, I look at myself from an outside perspective, and is it is it more admirable and more of a flex to to right after you lose bounce back up and say. No big deal. Thank you, sir. Yeah. I have another. Rather than crawl into your hole and and obviously you need time off. I mean, I right. what I go through for eight weeks away from my family in solitude, eating chicken and broccoli every single meal for eight weeks straight, twelve weeks straight. I'm sure it's pretty bland. Yeah, uh, it's all bland, and yeah. it's and it's in some senses it's great because it kind of puts me in that that mindset where I need to be. But it's also now it's time to kick back a little bit, enjoy my wife, be intentional, take her on dates, be with my son, be intentional, like. Enjoy some adult beverages and enjoy some pizza. Enjoy, right. enjoy be not be a robot anymore. Be a, be human. a normal yeah. human person. But from the mental aspect, from the brand standpoint of, of getting yourself back out there, and even just the fulfillment, I felt so more so much more fulfilled losing this fight, and kind of not laughing it off because it's not a laughing mat, not a laughing matter. And sometimes we can use comedy as a comedy as a crutch and comedy as a yeah, shield, kind of a scapegoat. The scapegoat of it. I was very real and very intentional about it. But getting back on the horse, getting back in the public eye and, and really proving – people just couldn't understand how I had the mentality of how does he, how is he not torn up by this, right. you know? And I think that's the ultimate flex. And I didn't even really realize that I did it, and now I realize once I have done it, now I realize it's kind of – it translates into every single aspect of life, you know? And, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know, it's, it's just getting yourself back out there immediately because – that's what human nature human nature says protect myself protect my ego protect my yeah. heart oh, protect 100%. my soul let me just shrink back up and as long as I'm here with my wife and my son in our little house here in, in Nashville I'm good this is my, little, <laughs> yeah, this right? is my safe haven rather than no let's go it's, yeah. it's still we're still on this journey because it's not that people don't do the right things it's that they don't do the right things for long enough and you will take losses along the way what's that one meme where the guy's like gives up digging the whole digging the, the thing yeah. have you where seen that exactly yeah there's yeah. Like two guys digging and digging and, and the one guy gives up right as he's about to hit the, yeah. the diamond or the gold and, and it's it really is true that's so like true. the real life depiction of and of course there's times where you know conventional wisdom or or, or your smartest of, of people around you would say hey listen this thing isn't going anywhere let's it's time to pack it in it's time to be smart it's time to do this i'm not saying follow you know tie yourself to the ship as it's right if it's not going anywhere yeah you got to give it up at some point but but it's just that's what i've that's what i realized i mean because i'm just a living living proof of it man i've been doing this thing for 10 years and i'm by no means perfect but i have but i am very successful with it you know not in a not in a a bragging manner no no extremely successful with it yet i've had losses and i and my career has not gone the way that i wanted it to but now that i look back on it every single door that closed left another one to, to be open that was 10 times better. Yeah. And every single loss led led to a comeback that that is part of my story and able to, to reach people, you know. You got a great story going, man. I love it. It's fun. I guess. How how do you I'm curious, how do you balance work and life 
being that MMA and fighting is such a huge part of who you are and it doesn't define you, but it's a lot of what you do and how you provide for your family. How do you balance, you know, spending that time with your family and making that intentional um, purpose of taking your wife on dates and being present with your kid? You know, how, do, how, do you, how do you balance that? It's, it's hard. It really is hard because I'm always training. You know, for, for me personally, I'm always training. I'm here and I'm doing strength and conditioning and I got a great Muay Thai coach here and I got some guys to drill with. I can do that stuff. But for me, I'm, I know I'm not getting the best training I can because the best training I can is down in Florida with my coaches down there and my training partners right. down there, you know. So it's, it's hard knowing that all those guys, and once again, we have social media, right? So I look at my coach and the other coach and then our training partners and I'm just watching these dudes get after yeah, it. And you're like, man, and, I wish you could be there. And once again, what am I doing as I'm sitting here on, on your podcast telling people not to compare yourself to other people? I'm sitting <laughs> here thinking, man, what did I do today? I did strength and conditioning. That's cool. But look at these guys. They're doing the drills. They're doing the sparring. They're doing the stuff that, that fighters are doing. So right. There's not a day that goes by that I'm not somewhat second-guessing what I'm doing, but I also realize that God, God has given me some great abilities, and I've made the requisite sacrifices to be successful, and I know that I'm in the palm of His hand. And through it, these moments of solitude, when you, when you live such a violent, crazy, hectic, tied-onto-a-tornado type of life, the moments of solitude, the, the naps with your son, the... You know, yeah, it's kind of the detox, the relax. Park, it really of. is, because... On the one hand, I think, man, am I just sitting here getting, you know, out of shape and old, or am I just filling my heart so much that six weeks from now, when I'm, when I'm down in Florida and I'm on the verge of tears because I miss my son so much, am I just filling up that? Am I filling up that bank so that when he misses me and he says, well, he because you know, he's old enough now to know yeah. where's dad, you know, and we, he's a physical touch, like his love language is physical touch, so touching him, holding him, like holding his hand, and and just that kind of stuff means so much to him and words of affirmation over a, a over yeah. a over a, a face or a, a FaceTime isn't going to do you know yeah. talk, telling telling him daddy loves you over a FaceTime or a Skype or these things that we have these days is not going to do he needs the touch of his dad yeah and I saw I'm that, and that, that, that one video you put on Instagram uh, where he was running right before your last fight to run run into your yeah. arms in the hotel man I love that that's his that's his thing man so it's so it's hard so so I'm second guessing me myself physically but when it comes to my heart my emotions my soul I'm filling up that bank for those moments, those hard moments. Yeah. I mean, I've, I break down when I'm down there in Florida by myself. It, it, sometimes it hits you when you look at the calendar and you're, you're scrolling, you go one week and two weeks and two and a half weeks until I see him again or see my yeah, wife it's again tough. too. It's tough, man, because they're my, my world, my, li- my life, and they are what is going to last forever. Mm-hmm. So my dying breath, it's going to be those two and, and, and the rest of the family that we, that we build, not this fighting thing. Although this fighting thing is a means to an end, a means to be able to provide and give him and my wife the, the, the life that he deserves. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's tough. Like I said, there's, it's hard and you're constantly second guessing yourself, but taking those moments of solitude when you can and cherishing them and, and really being present and intentional with them. Like I said, taking, taking things off my plate and focusing on what is most important and leaving your phone in the other room is the greatest thing that I've ever yeah. done in my life. Well, dude, I give you mad respect. Um, I could tell just as you were talking how, you know, how much they mean to you. Yeah. Um, and uh, I can only pray that I have that at some point in my life. Thank you for sharing that. Of course. How, do, how does your wife handle all that you do? She is, yeah. She, she's a special one because she, you know, physically she gets the, like, the, the bloodiness and, like, the fight. I mean, it, it's yeah. a fight. You're watching your right. favorite person on <laughs> earth who you love the most. Getting whacked in the face. Who, yeah, who you want to have longevity with you know and i i promised her till you know that i was gonna steadfastly stand by her and all that was to come and take care of her and, and and she took on this you know this role of wife to a fighter you know which is crazy it's a crazy life and she has her own goals as we talked she's a yeah. er position assistant and crushing it yeah she's a an injector p anesthetics injector pa and she's getting her doctorate and she's doing all this kind of stuff so she has her own she has her own goals her own life her own her own stuff that she's doing which i love too which works so well for us because um she has her identity wrapped up in her in her life and then i have mine in my life and then we have ours it, as a family unit as each Outside other. Outside of those two things. Yeah. 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 So, which is very important. Yeah, which which works out really, really, really well. Um, she handles it. She handles it really, really well. I mean, she 
it's crazy. She goes from, you know, she goes to into single mom mode. She's taking care of Hap, our son, and she's taking care of the house, and she's taking care of the dogs, and she's taking care of literally everything. <laughs> she's got a lot on her plate. It's She's absolutely superwoman. And then emotionally, as as my wife, as my helpmate, as my, my soulmate, as somebody who has been with me now through four losses and has been with me now through, you know, a lot a lot more wins, luckily, yeah. but... Um, the peaks and valleys, man. Yeah, but she's been with me every single time, and there's ne- and there's never been a moment that she didn't know exactly what to say to me, or what not to say to me, or where to be, or you know, she's just she's absolutely perfect. She knows she knows me better than I know myself, especially mm-hmm. in those moments. Yeah, and um, you know, her both her and I were were on this long path, and we kind of we had mutual friends and back in Columbia, Missouri, and. Her friends went to my Bible study that I went to, and, and so I always heard about her, her, heard about this girl. I knew who her dad was because her dad was a Bible study leader to my Bible study leader, and it's just like we, it was, I had this thought in my head that I wanted to marry this girl, and it was like seven years in the making. Wow. So it was, it was crazy, and, and You guys have been married how long? We, we just got, we just celebrated our five-year wedding anniversary. Congrats, man. Thank you. So That's it was, awesome. It was awesome, and, and, and I know exactly why. I had that on my heart. God put that on my heart for some reason. It was kind of a little bit creepy because I had never met her before. <laughs> you know, it was like I had never met uh, her before. I yeah. had never, I had only heard about her, but I was, I had this thought in my head that, man, she seems, she, she checks off all the block, all the boxes except for actually, you know, meeting her. You know, right. Like, kind of the most important, but <laughs> yeah, she kind the of most checked off one. all the boxes and, and we had so many mutual friends and, and her dad, like I had been at her house before and I even said someday I'm going to, I'm going to fish on that lake. They're right, and yeah. I hadn't even met her yet, and now here I am. I, this weekend we're going back to Columbia. I'm going to go fish on that lake. That's it's awesome. Just, it manifested I itself, but it was, and I know exactly. Now I know exactly why. After five years of marriage, that she is absolutely perfect for me, and she's my soulmate, and she knows exactly who to be um, for me. And I just, I just, my prayer every day in our marriage is for me to be able to love her as much as she loves me and serves me because it's it's one of those scenarios where we both wake up just tickled pink and feeling feeling like we don't even deserve the the person that we're living yeah, with because it's that amazing and so it's been it's been awesome and it's been an awesome ride and she has stuck with me through some some you know the tough times and how important really is it better for that you guys listen to each other without giving advice very coaching very much, each other very much so especially you know when we had you know when we were going through the business here with the gym and, and we're, we were we were kind of we were it was a mom and pop shop and we were, we were mom and pop right? right so we were we were trying to we're doing the whole thing and all the big decisions and she was more administrative and I was more you know kind of leadership of the team and that kind of stuff so in that and then in our marriage and then it, as parents because we you know we got thrown into the adoption thing pretty quick it happened yeah. very quickly we went from you know thinking about being parents someday to being parents 48 hours later and and trying to wing it and figure this whole thing out right. which i think as the older you get the more you realize every every parent is doing that yeah and, and i don't think you're my, my parents always have told me you're never ready yeah right you just got to do it mm-hmm. um and i'm excited one day to, to do that hopefully sooner than later yeah but. it's 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 amazing and, it, and it's done nothing but bring us closer because now we're now we're a team now we're now we're like the co-captains of this of this right. thing that we're we're building right and and we know and we we know that the most important responsibility the most important label the most important job that we'll ever have is is being parents right, because mom and dad mom and dad because because we know that when our son and our, and our future children grow up they are going to grow up based upon the values that we instilled in them the experiences that we gave them the love that we showed them and and loving them through all the ups and downs of life and hopefully these these life lessons that we that we're talking about today, I'm able to portray those to our children. Yeah, right? so I know you will, for sure. It's good. And so. hey, that's all you can do though is try. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. So I got a couple questions left. Mm-hmm. Um, before I get to that, where can we find you on social media, website, all that good stuff? Uh, I'm very active on Instagram uh, at Mike Chandler MMA. So I'm at Mike Chandler MMA on Instagram, Twitter. Um, I have a Facebook fan page. I'm, I'm just post a lot of my stuff on there, the Michael Chandler MMA fan page, and then I, I have michaelchandler.com. Awesome. So Yeah, give him a follow. Uh, if you don't follow him already, he uh, puts out some awesome content. I watch it pretty much every day. Yeah, I'm heading to work out after this. I got my, my video guy, Marcos, coming. We're going to make some fire. I love it. I love it. So who is your biggest idol and why? Um, you know, I think 
I, I always go back to my parents, both of them mm-hmm. together. You know, I mean, as, as I talked about, there's parents are always trying to figure it out, and each generation, each generation is just trying to make, do the best that they can for their children, right? Mm-hmm. And, and my idea of parenting is different than their idea of parenting, but there are so many things that they, that they did without even meaning to, just, just being there, being present but also working extremely hard. You know, I knew the value of hard work. I knew there, there was not a, there's very few days unless, you know, I went hunting or fishing with my dad or we were at a, you know, some kind of function. Every single day he came home in his white pants because he was a carpenter, white pants and work boots and, you know, a polo or, or a shirt yeah. or whatnot, depending on the season. And that's my view of my dad. Like when my dad, you know, dies and passes on to heaven and, and then I die and pass on to heaven, my dad's gonna be up in heaven in his work boots, <laughs> in his in his whites, I love that. because that's that's just who he is. That's, yeah. just, that's him and his heart and his soul. That's what that's what makes him tick, and he actually loves it. So I saw that, and then I saw my mom, who who actually really was the kind of the glue that held the whole family together. And she but she was always working two and three jobs, and she was organized, and she was a hard charger. She was she was working extremely hard. She was a little bit rough around the edges. wasn't It was funny. My dad was more of the uh, kind of emotional, physical touch. I really? love you, kissy guy. And my and my mom was what as well. It wasn't like she was not right. very emotional, but she was just a she's a hard charger kind of type A personality. Tough love, go go go. A little of, bit tough love. Yeah. And, and she, I think, you know, she disciplined us more actually because of the way my dad was disciplined as a child. He didn't want to pass that along along, along to us. So that was more. He just kind of stayed out of that. And my mm-hmm. mom disciplined all of us. So that was kind of her role as well. But when I go back to that. And I, as I talk about my childhood, and I talk about my two brothers who are awesome young men and functioning members of society, we've done some great things as a, as a three-boy unit, as our brothers, because right. of who our parents were and what they taught us. And, and they did the best that they possibly could. Um, and I am who I am because of that, you know? And like you said, I'm open and I'm, and I'm humble and I'm, and I'm able to wear my heart on my sleeve because of my upbringing and where I came from. Yeah. You know, I'm so blessed to have that. You're, you're a great reflection of, uh, of good parents. Yeah. They're, they're good people. So, I mean, that's, it's just awesome. They're, you know, they're the two that, that, that got us to where we are. And obviously now all the success that we're having is, is a byproduct of what they did for us. Absolutely. No, I love that, man. I think it's funny. You were talking about like the types of love that your, your parents gave you. Mm -hmm. The older that my parents get, I feel like my mom provides me more tough love versus like when I was younger, my dad was always like, wipe it off, get back out there, you know? But now it's my dad kind of, he still has that tough love, Uh but he's being a lot more, I don't know if it's the age getting to him or what, but you know, he's definitely switched a little bit. Well, it's different too, because you you grow up and you're also, you're their their kid, but you're also a grown man now. So it's, you know, and I think that's one of the things too, just like there's no, you know, just like there's no, playbook for me to know whenever I have my first child how to do it there's no playbook for them that says okay this is chapter 30 right now it's time for you instead of just being their parent and looking to looking at them like they're 12 years old still now you have to look at them like you're a 33 year old man yeah he's got a family this and that so they're trying to figure it out too it's a transition for them too which is which is funny because you look at the transitions you're going through and your parents are going through transitions and then their parents are going through transitions and everybody in the entire world is going through a transition therefore everybody's just trying to figure this thing out yeah this thing called life out and if we can focus on not being perfect in it all and and be humble enough in defeat humble enough in success and humble enough to to admit when we're wrong then the world will be a much better place you're just trying to figure it kind of figure it all out you know no doubt man and that's I've started to realize that a little more as I've gotten older. Mm-hmm. Before it was kind of like, oh, they, they know everything, yeah. you know, because you're just a, you're young and you're naive. But mm-hmm. that's such a great point. And um, I, if your parents listen to this, I, I want them to know that they uh, Mike's a great dude. So. Yeah. Well, thank you, man. Absolutely, so that's, that's good stuff. So, final question: If there was one word that you could describe yourself as, or one word that you want people to remember Michael Chandler as, what would that word be, and why? Um. You know, I think if you would have asked me before I started this kind of process of doing doing my new mindset, I would have probably said something different. Like, I want to be an inspiration, or I want to be this, or I want to be that. But really, honestly, it has nothing to do with other people. And this might sound selfish, but it has nothing to do with other people. But it has everything to do with myself. And I just want to be authentic. 
Yeah. I want to be authentically myself because I know, first of all, if I am authentically myself, I will be the man that God created me to be and more people will be reached. So it, in essence, in, a, in hindsight, in, in a roundabout way, it's about other people, but me personally being authentic and being exactly who I am, not ever going against the way God designed my heart. When I walk into a crowd, being authentically me, when I'm by myself, being authentically me. When I need to make a decision, being authentically me. Um, as a father, as a husband, as a fighter, just being authentically me. Because authenticity is something that we've lost a little bit in this world. Because we're either A, trying to be something that we're not. Or we're B, trying to portray something that we're not. Or we're, or we're C, trying to be be, an, be a second-rate version of someone else. Yeah. And I've done all of those. And I've been all of those. And I'm... Now, in this stage of my life, looking in inwardly, trying to figure out exactly who I am as a man, and then trying to live that out in every single interaction, every single time I open my mouth, every single time I fight, every single time I'm silent, um, just being authentically myself, because inside that authenticity, I will find my best self, and I will always portray my best self. And that's been, been my prayer now for a while, because I know I've held back who I am, I know I've been over overly not who I am at times right. and we'll, they'll try too hard yeah, yeah you know so and that's the thing too you know it's you look at me and I got this success and I got this the confidence of being a fighter on, on my side yet sometimes when I walk into a place I feel like the smallest guy in the room right yeah. yet quite frankly I could knock anybody out in the entire room <laughs> Let, let's yeah. be honest but oh, I yet, love that. yet for some reason the the enemy or the inner me right says Self-doubt you don't deserve bit, this yeah. or you don't deserve that or you're just a small guy from a small town don't forget you little imposter mm-hmm. you know so we all deal with it but and i think it's important to have that little aspect of humility like yeah. a small guy from a small town absolutely, and you hit absolutely. on that earlier yeah and, and and that's why i always know it's a good thing but it can also get the best of me so it's it's literally just trying to fight between it's kind of like talking about fighting between the two wolves you know like which, yeah. which wolf are you going to feed Right and and making sure you you fall somewhere in the middle of trying to be because I think right in the middle of being extremely humble humble but also being extremely confident knowing the gifts that God has given you somewhere in between there a mixture of the two is your authentic self and yeah. I'm at, at 33 years old I'm trying to find it and at 43 I hope I may have scratched the surface by 53 maybe I might <laughs> find it but but maybe I'm always just chasing that guy right yeah so. well I think we all will and. It's funny you said that because I alluded to my dad. You know, he's a, a big part of my life, but he told me the other day, he's like, you know, Joe, I'm still trying to figure it out, and mm-hmm. I'm 63. Um, it's nice to hear. Yeah. It, it Like, he sent me a text, and I told him, I said, that is one of the most meaningful texts I've ever gotten from anybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just let him know how much it meant to me. But, man, I, I think you are well on your way to being authentically you. I'm happy that we crossed paths. It's, mm-hmm. it's been great to get to know you uh, more. And um, I'm excited to watch you uh, keep fighting and uh, grow that family, brother. Yes, sir. Appreciate Thanks it. Thanks a lot, Thank man. Thank you so much for having Absolutely, me. Absolutely, brother. Yes, sir. Thank you.